Pastor Xavier Reese and the essence of our decisions. God does not say, put my word in your brain. He says, put it in your heart. We think that man only needs a brain to think. But the scriptures declare to us and give us to understand that our heart has a big part to do with how we think. It does affect it. Very much so. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. What's the best way to make your decisions? A Yelp or Google review? Or do you perhaps just follow what your favorite celebrity thinks? How often do we first consult the simple truths of the Word of God? Well, that's the choice Pastor Xavier prefers, as he takes us back to his verse-by-verse study of some 31 chapters of wise and practical guidance. He picks up today's lesson, continuing in Proverbs chapter 1. Let's listen. Now in verse 20, Solomon personifies wisdom as a woman here. And he says, Wisdom crieth without, she uttereth her voice in the street. She crieth in the chief place of concourse. In other words, where there's a lot of people. Wisdom is crying out daily for each and every one of us. And it's not in a secret place. It's not for an elite few. But wisdom cries out that we might hear. He says, In the opening of the gates in the city she uttereth her words, saying, How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and the fools hate knowledge. Three types of people that refuse wisdom. The simple, the naive, the scorner, the mocker, the free thinker, oh, I know better, and the fool. Let me tell you what Kyle and Delich say about the fool, who he is. The mentally imbecile and stupid. <laughs> Strong words. That's the fool. The scriptures say the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. I mean, you want to identify a fool, that's the one, the one who thinks he's God. And if he thinks he's God, he declares there is no God. He becomes his own God. He says, turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. God's pleading always with us. Because I have called and you refuse. Here comes the judgment. I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded it. But you have said at not all my counsel and would none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind. When distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. There is the key. How many people, after falling into tragic circumstances, cry out to God? But God doesn't hear them. That's about the only time we ever cried out for God. Do you recall when you cried out for God before you came to the Lord? After you messed up? And you really were sorry you did it. And you really regret it because of the consequences. And you really were hurting. And you really wanted help. But the only help you wanted was in hoping it could be changed. But you didn't want to change. 
You see, God will never give help to that type of petition. Paul told the Corinthians that the repentance of the world brings forth death, remorse. There is not a young man that does not regret the consequences of getting a young lady pregnant or of having a brain like a noodle because of taking drugs. Yet it will not stop him from doing it over and over and over again. But the repentance that is of God is not to be repented of. It brings a change of life because I see the sin and I regret it, but more than that, I want it changed. I want my life changed. That's the godly repentance that God is looking for. People in the world do not want that type of change. All they want is the situation taken care of. Isn't that what abortion offers? Just take care of the consequence. Get rid of it. Thinking that's going to take care of the problem. That isn't. Because they go out and get pregnant one more time. It's kind of awesome when you think that here God is saying I will laugh in that day when you call. And the reason why is because they did not choose the fear of the Lord. Verse 30 says, They would none of my counsel. They despise all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. Whatever a man soweth, to that shall he also reap. Christian or non-Christian, you cannot escape it. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. So here you have the contrast of the wise and the foolish, the evil and the good as a result of paying attention to God's counsel. One is turmoil, the other one is peace. In chapter 2, he goes on to give counsel to his son. He says, My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thy ear unto wisdom and apply thy heart to understanding, Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shall thou understand the fear of the Lord and find knowledge of God. Now what Solomon is describing here to his son is that it takes an effort on our part. Many of us have the idea that God is just going to drop it down on us. There is a striving, there is a participation, there is a, 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 an effort on my part that takes place. And he compares it as a man that toils in the earth looking for silver and works hard. And he may work a year looking for silver and find nothing. Yet what drives him to keep digging in the same place? Knowing that it's somewhere down there and I have to have it because once I have it, I will be better off. He says, oh, that we would seek for wisdom and knowledge and understanding in the same manner. He says, for the Lord giveth wisdom out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. God is the source of this completely. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the path of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. You know, it's amazing to me, the more I yield to God and the more obedient I am to God, the automatic blessings and protection that comes to my life. I got real excited last week when I put a record on that was sent to us by Bruce Herring. 
And I started listening to some of the songs that were there, and, and, and that group was together in 1973. And when I heard those songs in 73, sometimes I would hear worldly songs, and they would remind me of what I used to do and what I used to be. And I was only in the Lord just months. And I just heard those songs that the Christian group was playing in 73, and it took me back to that place, and it was so neat because no longer did I think of the past in the world, but I thought of my past in the Lord. When my life in the Lord starts balancing out the time that I was in the world, that's neat. When my time in the Lord starts overtaking my time that I was in the world, that's exciting. This is what he's speaking about here. You know, he preserves the way of the saint because we abide in the ways of the Lord. And I can't wait as I go on in my life, if the Lord would tarry, that all I, whenever I think to the past, all I think of is the time that I've been in the Lord. As I look back to my life in the world, it's like if I have lived two different lives. I don't know if you feel like that. I don't know where you came from. I don't know if your life was that drastic of a change. But my life is different as night and day. I can't believe it's me. I'm a totally different person. I mean, I think of the things I do, I say, and I think about, and I meditate upon, and the people I hang around with, totally different. Drastic change. That's exciting. But it came through the Word of God, not through any human effort. In verse 9, he says, Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity, yea, every good path. The longer you walk with the Lord, the easier it is to make decisions. What is of God? What isn't of God? Do you know that? But there's nothing more tragic than to see a Christian that has been in the Lord 10, 15, 20 years and he still has a hard time discerning what is of God and what is not of God. What is just and what isn't? What is righteous and what isn't? What is lawful and what isn't? I mean, as we walk with the Lord more and more, it should be a lot easier to discern what I can do, what I can't do, what I shouldn't do, what I can do but I won't do. Because I walk with God day in and day out. In verse 10 he says, When wisdom entereth into thy heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee, to deliver thee from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaketh forward things. Who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness. Who rejoice to do evil and delight in the forwardness of the wicked. Whose ways are crooked and they forward in their paths to deliver thee from the strange woman. And the reference to strange woman here is that woman that has left the covenant of her God. The woman who has given herself to vice and who he's speaking about here as we go on through the Proverbs, it will be more evident as a prostitute. Even from the stranger which flattereth with her words which forsaketh the guide of her youth and forgetteth the covenant of her God. You know, this really used to not be so big of a problem, but the roles have switched and the women are very aggressive today. I remember counseling a young high school kid and he said that he couldn't take the pressure that was put upon him by the girls that he dated because he wouldn't go to bed with them. That's heavy. You see, what holds society together is the woman. Men can be whatever they want, but if the women will uphold the moral standard of society, then you do have society. But once the woman is given up to her own desires and she 
has no moral standards, then there is no society. Because the woman influences the child and the home. And society is nothing but homes put together. And once the woman goes, the children go. And we're seeing that today. We see the consequences of that by the children that are growing up today. And they're the ones that are suffering the consequences. He says, For her house inclineth unto death, and her path unto the dead. None that go in unto her return again, neither take they hold of the path of life. Another form of that today is that many women are leaving the covenant of marriage. They get married and then a year or two later they say, oh, well, you know, I, we just fell out of love. And rather than to enter another marriage covenant, they just live with somebody. And they have taken the most precious gift that God has given to them to be one with one man and they have perverted the covenant of God and the institution of marriage. That's heavy. You don't know how many times I even hear it in Christian marriages where they're married one year, six months, two years, and they split. Let me give you some advice. If you're going to get married, you better make sure it's of God. And you better make sure that man is a godly man or that woman is a godly woman. If not, you're going to get in the biggest hassle of your life. Don't take their word for it. Ask for some fruit. Make sure that the evidence is there. And make sure that God has brought that individual to you. I mean, the man that finds a wife finds a good thing, the Proverbs say. And God blesses him. But make sure that it's the person that God has brought to you. Now, verse 19 says, None that go in unto her return again, neither take they hold of the path of life, that thou mayest walk in the way of good men and keep the path of righteous. For the upright shall dwell in the land, and the perfect shall remain in it. But the wicked shall be cut off from the earth, and the transgressor shall be rooted out of it. Now, this does not only apply for the woman, but for the man. Now Solomon does take a very heavy stand on women. And, you know, he probably has some credibility having thousand women. But it goes for the man and for the woman, both ways. The man must be faithful to that covenant of marriage as Christ of the church. And the woman must submit herself unto her husband as the church submits herself unto Christ. But that's if the husband is being a type of Christ. And if he's being a type of Christ, he's not going to be some kind of a tyrant. The decisions he makes in relationship to her are going to be towards her benefit and for her growth and development in Christ. Now in chapter 3, he says, My son, forget not the law, my law, but let thy heart keep my commandments. Now notice the heart keeps coming up over and over and over again. God does not say, put my word in your brain. He says, put it in your heart. We think that man only needs a brain to think. But the scriptures declare to us and give us to understand that our heart has a big part to do with how we think and how it affects our thinking. Very much so. Because you cannot separate the spiritual realm from 
the natural realm. It does affect it. He says, for length of days, and here's the benefits, and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thy heart. There it is again. Psalm 119 says, Wherewithal will a young man cleanse his ways? He says, In my heart have I hid thy words, that I might not sin against thee. Jesus says it is from the heart that adulteries, fornications, and evil thoughts proceed. Jeremiah 17:9 says that the heart of man is deceitful and desperately wicked. God wants to make his abode in your heart. He wants to take his word and put it in your heart. So shall thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Now here's good advice. Trust in the Lord with all thy brains. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. There it is. And lean not unto thine own understanding. Now you can insert brains. Lean not unto your own brains. <laughs> your own reasoning. Your natural conclusions. In all thy ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise and I know nice. Here it comes again. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. That fear of the Lord keeps coming up as the key to receiving the benefit of the Proverbs. Fearing the Lord. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bone. You say, what does that mean? What is a navel? That is the umbilical cord that supplies a baby with all that it needs. What is the purpose of marrow? That is what develops between your bones, which produces blood, and blood is the life of the flesh. Isn't that interesting? That's what's going to happen as you trust in the Lord with all your heart. The psalmist continually says, Lord, unite my heart. Cleanse my heart. Purify my heart. The heart is always the issue in the relationship with Christ. And if we don't lean to our understanding, if we acknowledge him in every way, he will direct thy paths. And if we're not wise in our own eyes, and if we fear the Lord and depart from evil, then we'll be healthy spiritually and physically. Do you know that there is a physical blessing with obedience to the spiritual word of God. If you are obedient to the word of God and you do what he tells you, then your body functions and your fluids and everything else, your body will just be in the proper flow and your life will be healthy. When you don't trust in the Lord, all you do is worry. What do you get? Ulcers and gray hair. When you take the burden upon yourself, it becomes heavy and you get a heart attack. <laughs> you see, there is a physical benefit through spiritual obedience to the Lord. And that's why the promise is of long life. He says, honor the Lord with thy substance in verse 9 now. He gets into honoring God with our giving. And with the first fruits of all thine increase, so shall thy barns be overflowing with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Now that's a spiritual principle that also exists through the Gospels, pressed down, measured out, running over. Malachi says, try me. See if I don't fill your barns. Paul says, in accordance to how you bless, you will receive. 
And if you don't do it from a hilarious heart, then God does not see it. I don't know how electricity works, but yet I know that it works. I don't totally understand how my car works, yet I know when I get out of here and I stick the key in the ignition and turn it, it's going to kick over. I expect it to turn over. I don't have to understand everything to receive the benefit of it. All I have to do is be obedient and I will receive the benefit. He says, My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as the Father, the Son, in whom he delighteth. Hebrews 12 speaks about that. You know, God loves us so much that he keeps us in line and he chastens us. Just as you and I, if we're parents, we correct and discipline our children when they need it. If we didn't love them, we would let them do whatever they want. We would never, you know, if, if they were disrespectful to an adult, we'd laugh and say, hey, that's pretty good. Let's see you do it to this one. But we correct them. We chasten them. Now, at the time, it doesn't seem very beneficial or good to them. Even if my dad didn't know Christ, he knew the benefit of disciplining his children. So important that as children, God chastens us and he disciplines us because he loves us. And though it does not seem beneficial or even fair at the time, Oh, we look back and we say, Lord, I just love you. I just praise you. I just thank you. You're so much wiser than I. And that's a type of love that we do not totally understand. I'm so glad I have a loving father that chastens me, man, when I get out of line. That proves to me that he loves me all the time. He says, happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding for the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof than fine gold. And that's the value. And it doesn't always show up right away. She is more precious than rubies and all the things that thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Isn't that neat? So many times, even as Christians, we go for, oh, well, if I could have a house, a car, if I could do this, if I could be an evangelist, if I could be a teacher. God says, get wisdom. Get wisdom. It's more precious and more valuable. Length of days is in her right hand, and her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her, and happy is everyone that retaineth her. And we do experience more peace. Number one, because we've made peace with God. Number two, because we're obedient to the word of God, and we, there is a benefit we receive. We're happier. We're a lot more calmer we can relax more we don't have to put on that air we can just be exactly who we are then he says the lord by wisdom has founded the earth by understanding he has established the heavens by his knowledge the depths are broken up and the clouds drop down the dew now he speaks of the wisdom of creation and if god can do that how much more will he do what is needful to recreate in our own life he says, My son, let not them depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So shall thy, they be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. Then shall thou walk in the way safely, and thy foot shall not stumble. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. Can you recall before you were in the Lord, and you did something terrible that night? You couldn't sleep? You had to go tell somebody? It's so neat in the Lord, man, you just, you just put it in neutral and you're out. Because you know you're right with God and your sleep is sweet. 
Pastor Xavier Reese and divine wisdom for young and old alike found within the pages of the Word of God on today's Simple Truths. And this message, the first in a verse-by-verse series of the book of Proverbs, is simply titled Introduction to Proverbs and is available on CD for only $4. A CD that will be including everything Pastor Xavier shared with us the last time we were together as well. So once again, the title to ask for is Introduction to Proverbs, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com